Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. So, in your Bibles, we'll turn to Matthew 10. We're reading from verse 6. It says, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go... Everybody say go. Go. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Everybody say go. Go. Everybody say preach. Preach. Everybody say heal the sick, sick. cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead. All right, so that's the words of Jesus that Matthew's writing about in, this, in the book of Matthew. And also, we're going to go to chapter 28. Also, the words of Jesus. This is what they call the Great Commission. We'll be reading from chapter 19. It says, go, everybody say go. Go, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and for the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So God says, go. And since he said go, he's never said stop. (laughs) He's never said wait. He's never said go slowly. In fact, the word go in the New King James Version Bible, is mentioned 1,358 verse, in 1,358 verses. Do you know how many times the word stop is mentioned? Nine. And it's only mentioned one time after Jesus said these words. And that, and that verse is in 2 Corinthians 11.10. It says, as the truth of Christ is in me, no one shall stop me from boasting. So the only time the word stop is mentioned after these words is to to say, do not stop. We are not meant to stop. God gave us the words to say, go. Jesus said, go. Go into all the nations. He never said, stop. And as we go, we need to expect. We need to expect that God goes with us. God is a God that goes with us. How good's that? We've got Jesus in us. He goes with us. And when you go, we need to expect to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. That's the expectation that we need to go with. The word expectant means a strong belief that something will happen. So what do you expect of God? What do you expect Him to do? It's not humble to say that you don't expect God to do anything. God is God. He'll do what He wants. He can do it all by Himself. That's not being humble. In Psalms 10, 17, 
says, Lord, you have heard the desires of the humble. And in the Passion Translation, it says it like this. Lord, you know and understand all the hopes of the humble. So there is humility in the hope of God. The word hope can be translated as expectancy. So there's humility in being expectant. To expect God to move. To expect God that he will go with you. To expect God that he will heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons and raise the dead. We don't need to wait for the audible voice or the word from the prophet. We don't have to wait for the picture. We don't have to wait till we're slain in the spirit, laying on the ground, and Jesus comes to to us himself and says, go, you need to go into the nations. We don't need to wait for that because we've already got the commandment. We've already got the words, go, go into all the nations. We all good? Good, because you did say you were ready. See, we were, we're meant to stop, stomp hell for a living. We're not meant to put up with it. We're not meant to be okay with it. We're not meant to just watch it. We're meant to stomp it. A friend of mine would say that Christianity is a full contact sport. <laughs> Meaning that expect to get blood on your feet. God has already said the words go. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for him to literally speak to us right now? What are we expecting him to do? When we do go and we expect him to move, he will. But he won't if we don't. Why would would Jesus say to us, go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons? Why would he tell us to do this? Because he says... In those verses, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven must look like something. The kingdom of heaven must feel like something. It must be something. It must point to something. And that thing it points to is God's goodness. God's love. When the sick are healed, it's God's love. When the lepers are are cleansed, it's God's love. It's His goodness. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. That's what it should be like. That's what it should look like when we go. And the opposite is the enemy. He doesn't heal the sick. He gives sickness. He doesn't cleanse the lepers. He condemns them. He doesn't cast out demons. He introduces them. And he doesn't raise the dead because he is death.
When God says go, the word go is not translated as stop. The word go is not translated to go slowly. The word go is not translated to wait. It means to giddy up and get going. That's Jake's translation. (laughs) The new King Jake. It should be our obedience that is our motivation. It should be our obedience to his word, to his commandment, to reading his words. We don't need the audible voice of God to tell us to go because we've got the written word of God to tell us to go. Some of you may know the story about Saul, who we know as Paul. Some of you may not, so I'll just give you a bit of a background. So Saul was a religious leader and his job was to persecute Christians. He didn't like them. He would stone them to death. He would look for them. He would persecute them. And this one time, he, he asks the, the religious hierarchy to go into Damascus, to go into the synagogues and find all the Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem so he can persecute them, that he can punish them that he can probably kill them. So he gets the okay to go to Damascus, and on his way there, you may know the story that he gets knocked over. A shining light comes upon him, says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And in that time, he realizes that the Jesus that he had been persecuting is real. And anyways... He gets blinded, and so the, the people that he's with, they lead him into Damascus, into a house where he doesn't eat or drink, and he's blinded. He cannot see. And also in a, dif- in a different location, there's another man called Ananias. God speaks to him and says, go to this house on such and such street and go to this man, and I want you to pray for him. And he says, this man is Saul. And he said, oh no, I've heard stories about this Saul. I don't want to do it. But yet the word of the Lord came and said, go. And he went. And he went and he prayed for Saul. And as he prayed, Saul's blindness left. His eyes opened. And then it says that he ate. He was strengthened. And then that very hour, he went into the synagogues and preached the gospel. That very hour, he went into the synagogues, the ones that he was going to go in to to persecute the Christians. Said that very hour, he went into the synagogues. Obedience is a that very hour. We all need a that very hour mindset. Obedience to God is that very hour, yes. We need to have that that very hour attitude. When God speaks, that very hour we need to act. When God speaks, we need to do. The word go actually means, this is not Jake's translation, this is the dictionary's translation. It means to pursue the journey on which one has entered. 
as Christians, we have entered into a journey. We've entered into a journey that we need to pursue. We've entered into a journey where we need to go. If we... The thing is, I've found a loophole, though. I found a good reason that we don't actually have to go. So there is a loophole. The loophole is, do you want to hear it? It's a secret. Not many people know the loophole or the secret. It's this. You don't actually have to go to the ones that Jesus didn't die for or the ones that Jesus didn't love first. That's the only loophole. You don't have to go to those ones. But let me tell you that. Let me tell you this, that he died for everyone because he loves everyone. If we look at revivals, past revivals, present revivals, like the Jesus people movement, we will see there's a common thread. There is one person or a group of people that all had obedience to the Word of God. They all had a this very hour attitude. They all had the let's go attitude. One of my favourites, and you may know this, I speak about him a lot. I mean, I love, I love looking at past revivals. A lot we can learn from them. There's one, Evan Roberts, and you may know of him. He's one of my favourites. He was a 19-year-old, around a 19-year-old young man, and he just had this passion And people thought he was a bit odd, but he had this passion, this this desire. And anyways, he had this desire and he went to his pastor and said, let me me speak to the people. Let me me speak to the congregation. And the pastor said, well, I can't can't let you preach. I can't let you speak to them. But what I will do is I'll give you the opportunity to speak to whoever wants to stay after the service and you can speak to those guys. So he said, okay, I will speak to those ones. And so the service came, the pastor let him speak afterwards, and around 20 people stayed, roundabouts, stayed to hear Evan speak. And Evan gave this invitation. He said, we need to give our all to God. We need to give our 100% to God. Every bit of us, we need to give him the all. And he gave him the invitation to step forwards and whoever wanted to give their all to God. And around 13 people stepped forward. And that was enough for Evan Roberts because the next day he wrote to the national paper and says, watch out Wales, revival is coming. (laughs) And when we know God's promises, when we know that he promises everything in this Bible... And we can hold on to them with our hope, with our expectancy. There was a time a few years ago that Rachel and myself, we were were called to go overseas to America to do a missionary school, or not missionary school, a ministry school, sorry. And, And we knew there was no doubt in our hearts that God actually wanted us to go over there. We had a lot of people say, don't go over there. 
or just go over there for a short period of time, go over there first, see what it's like, come back. But we knew that we were meant to go over there. We knew that God wanted us to go over there. But we also knew that it was going to cost us a lot of money. It was going to be, we ended up there for three years, but at that stage we only thought we were going to be there for one year. And that's one year where we're not allowed to work when we're over there. So we had to save up as much money as we can, but we also believed that God wanted us to go over there. So we went there with faith, believing that God was going to support us. And during those times, it was amazing to see what God would do for us when we needed finances. We would come home from from church on a Sunday and there would be, I think it was around $1,200 or $1,500 wads on our doorstep of our house. We were finding money. It was just crazy. Money would, money would come into our bank accounts and it would have anonymous names there. And it's just something that we believed for. And when we were over there, we, we got through the first year pretty good. You know, it was, it was, it was a, a big step of faith for us. But when we look back now, it was, it was you know, wasn't as big as what, has, what we've seen what we've had to do as well. So we went back for the second year. It's not that hard. We ran out of money, but this time, instead of having a year to save up and to prepare for it, we only had about nine weeks. And so we saved all this money, and when we were over there, we we needed to buy a car because the car we had broke down. We went there for second year. We bought a car. I think it was around $2,000. I think we had it for about a month, and it blew up. (laughs) And it, was, it wasn't, the funny story is we took it to the mechanic because it was overheating and all this sort of stuff and I'm not, I don't know anything about cars so we took it to the mechanic and he rings me up and he says, so your car's done? I said, oh sweet, cool. It's done, we'll come pick it up. He goes, no, you don't understand, it's done. It's, it's, it's dead. I'm like, oh no. We're in a city that didn't have great public transport, I had some, but not great, but we needed something reliable, so we needed to buy a car. So we went to a car dealership that night, and we're like, oh, we've just got to see what we can get for what we have, we don't have much, and the car dealer, he says, look, I've got this car, this is our cheapest car, and it was like six and a half grand, we did not have six and a half grand, I think we had about three. And he goes, this is our cheapest car. He's like, take it for a test drive. You can do all that sort of stuff, you know. But this is our cheapest one. And um, so we did that. We took it for a test drive. And then, and then we um, got back to the car dealership. And he says, so what do you think? And I said, oh, it's, it's, it's a nice car. You know, it's, it's good. But we, we've only, we don't have six grand. And he says, how much do you have? And I told him around three grand, half that. He goes, oh, we should be able to do it for that. (laughs) Let me me go into my boss's office and see if we can do it for that. So he goes into the boss's office and he comes back and goes, oh, yeah, the boss says we can do it for that much. I said, well, if you can do it for that much, why didn't you advertise it for that much at the start? (laughs) And we go, oh, but the thing is we've only got that amount of money. We've only got the three grand, and that's our rent, that's our food. We have no more money after that. That's everything we have. And he goes, well, you know, what, what are you thinking? We go, well, we need a car, so all right, we'll take it. And so we, we shook the hands, we signed the contract. Next thing, we had to come and pay, 
we paid and the money came out of our account and as we paid at the exact same time the same amount of money came back into the account. So does that, some people might say that's stupid to, to give all your money, I say it's faith. Does God buy cars for everyone? No, but he did for us. Did we expect God to do it? We had the faith that he would do it. Yeah, we did. I've had the absolute privilege to see blind eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen lame people that couldn't walk, walk. I've seen a young girl who had a tumour under her brain that stunted her growth when she was young, grow two inches in front of us. We measured her. And I've had the absolute privilege to see a four-year-old boy raised from the dead. And the beautiful thing about seeing all these things, seeing the blind eyes, seeing the deaf, seeing the lame walk, seeing the dead raised, is now I don't have any more excuses not to believe that he can do it again. Because he can do it again. He's the same as what he was yesterday. He's the same today, and he will always be the same. He was good then, he's good today, and he'll be good tomorrow. He'll be good next week. He'll be good next year. We're coming into a new year. He'll be good then too. He's always going to be good. Always, without a doubt. Maybe you might be saying that only the, the missionaries are called to go into the nations. But it doesn't say only the missionaries go. It says go. And maybe you are not called to the missions. By the way, the mission, missionaries, there's, there's no word for missionary in the Bible. But maybe you are called... Maybe you are not called to go into the missions into another nation. Maybe you're not called to go to Africa. Maybe you're not called to go to Europe. Maybe you're not called to go to Asia. Maybe you're not called to go to South America or anywhere like that. But you are still called to go. It doesn't say only the evangelists go. It says go. So maybe you are not called to go to another country. Maybe you are called to go to this country. Maybe you are called to go to this town or the town you live in. Maybe you are called to go to the supermarket. Or maybe you are called to go to the workplace. Or maybe you are called to go to the coffee shop. Because God wants to go to the coffee shop. Amen? God loves coffee shops. So go to the coffee shops and expect God to move when you do. Uh, when we were in Melbourne at the Awakening event, we went out as groups into the city and, you know, we just got to love on people. We got to go talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. Some people uh, preached from different areas, open preaching and all that sort of things, but a lot, a lot of us went to individual people and went up to them and just got to share love of God 
and I went to this young, young lady. She would have been maybe in her early 20s. She was a uni student. And I got to say, you know, God loves you. Do you know that? She said, no, I don't. I said, has anyone ever told you that God loves you? And she says, no, I've never heard that. So why hadn't she ever heard that God loved her? Because we as Christians never went. We never went. We never got to go out. We never chose to overcome that fear. And I know it's scary. I do. I know it's really scary. But it doesn't say, go you people who are not afraid. It doesn't say, go you people who are bold. It doesn't say that. In Proverbs it says, the righteous shall be as bold as lions. It's not a personality type that go that are bold. It's the righteous people who are bold. And I it is it is scary. It's I've always I it's scary. I know. I I said it's scary. I do know that. But we have an option to yield to our fear or yield to God's word. Both aspects of it is a type of worship. We're either worshipping fear or we're worshipping God. One is worship of the enemy. One is worship of God. The words do not fear, whenever you read that in the Bible particularly in the, in the New Testament, it usually comes from someone like Jesus or an angel. It says, do not fear. Jesus walks through the wall and says, do not fear. Those words can be translated as, do not yield to your fear. So uh, if you do feel like God's asking you to do something and there is this fear inside, which there could be, Ask yourself this question, do I want to yield to the fear or do I want to yield to God? And then it's a choice. <coughs> Just going to take a drink. Feel good? But, you know, God, God is good. God is love, and he loves you. You know, there is times when we, when we do make mistakes. There is times when we do miss the mark, but he has grace for us. He gives us another opportunity to go again. We don't need to say, oh, I missed it. I'll never get that opportunity. Oh, I missed it. I don't, I, I'm not good enough to do it. Obviously, I'm not good enough to do it. But there's the grace of you to be able to go out there and do it again. He gives you the opportunity every day, in every moment, to hear his voice. He's always speaking. We have that opportunity to walk with God, to expect him to move. And in the last few weeks, you know, I myself has felt that fear and given into it. I have been afraid. Just the other week, it was, it was schoolies, and I was 
I had to work on the sad day, so I went to the gym early in the morning. And it was before six o'clock, and I drove into Victor, I parked at the gym, and I look across the road, and there's young, young men standing across the road, obviously still up from the night before, maybe otherwise, or maybe they just got up early, I don't know. And I felt God say, go speak to them. And you know what? I listened to another voice that says, don't do that. That's a silly idea. Because, you know, there's, there's about five of them. What happens if they don't like what you have to say? What happens if they turn on you? What happens if they get violent or verbal? Just stay safe. Like, that's a silly idea. Just do the right thing. And I listened to that voice. On the way home, I was driving past the police station. There was a young girl sitting out the front of it. This is about 7 o'clock in the morning. And I felt God say, stop, talk to that young lady. Another voice came in, Do not, don't stop, that, that doesn't look good. It's a young girl. It doesn't look good if a, if a male is talking to a young girl. So I listened to that voice and I didn't feel good. Now I know that, you know, I have, I have been verbally attacked when I've prayed for people on the streets. I have been... I have been hit, I've been punched, I've been, I've been all that sort of stuff. But this, this time I gave into it and it didn't feel good. It wasn't right, it didn't, didn't sit right afterwards and I knew, I knew that I had missed it. But I still know that I have the grace to go back out there and do it again. There has been times also in the last few weeks where I have stepped out. There's been a time when I stepped out and prayed for a lady who had been had deafness in her ear for over 10 years, she told me. And we prayed for her, and she got completely healed from that deafness. There's been times when I've been bold enough to step up and, and preach the gospel in front of hundreds of people, and they got to hear the love of God. And that is rewarding. That is worth it. That is worth overcoming that fear of man. Just to know that those people got to hear those words, that God loves them. No longer can they go around saying that they don't know that. They know that God loves them now. That is worth overcoming that fear. And I know I've, I've, heard, I've, heard the, I've heard the sermons where they say, you are a human being, not a human doing. We don't need to do, do anything. I've heard those sermons and, and part of that's correct. We, we are human beings. That's correct. But we are to be one with God and to be one with God we need to do what God tells us to do. To be one with God we need to take the one that we're one with and go. So to be a being you need to be a doing. And to be a doing you need to first be a being. You are a son, you are a daughter of God. He loves you. He loves everybody that you're with. So let's be human goings. I just made that up. <laughs> but when our eyes are on Him, when our eyes are on God, then that means that our heartbeat is going to be in tune with His. And His heart beats for His people, His heart aches for His people. His heart loves his people. 
So if our eyes are on God and our heart is in beat in line with His beat, then our heart needs to ache for His people. Our heart needs to love His people. There is people out there and they're not scratching at the doors to come in. So we should be scratching at the doors to get out to them. Can I get Mel, please? Sorry. God wrote, God had this book written. The Bible, it doesn't matter what translation you've got it in. But in it are thousands of promises. Thousands. I tried to Google how many promises are in this book. You know, there was anywhere between 2,000 to 33,000 or something like that. I don't know which one to believe, but there's thousands of them. He says, by his stripes. I feel like I'm at school this weekend again. It says, by his stripes, you might be healed. It doesn't say that. It says, by his stripes, you will be healed. Who needs healing here today? It says, by his stripes, you will be healed. Not might, will. That's a promise. It also says, those who call upon the name of the Lord might be saved. It doesn't. It says, will be saved. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Not 50% saved. Not a little bit saved. Not saved for two years and then you have to redo it all over again. It says, will be saved. Every promise that God has given us comes with a 100% guarantee. There's no take backs. There's no carrot that dangles in front of us that we're never going to get to. Or we have to go so far to get to it. We have to do something to get to it. Comes with a 100% guarantee. But God expects us to expect him to follow through with it. He expects us to know his promises so therefore we can believe it and we can have hope in it. There's no take backs. There's no loopholes. 100% guarantee. Money back. So I'm going to try something a little bit different right now. I'm going to get everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. And I'm going to ask something. And as you've got your eyes closed, everyone's eyes are closed, I'm going to ask, if you came here today 
and maybe you've never given your life to Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus into your heart first while everybody's eyes are closed. If that's you, you can raise your hands. The other thing I want to ask before I do, those people that maybe have never known about Jesus. Maybe this is your first time in church. Can I tell you something? That Jesus is not just a name in a book that was written 2,000 years ago. Jesus is not just a historical figure. Jesus is not a myth. He is not a prophet that's been talked about. He's not someone's birthday that we celebrate at Christmas time and he's not someone's death that we remember at Easter time. Jesus is truth. Jesus is loyal. He is love. He is King of Kings and he is alive. Why everybody's eyes are closed. If you do want to accept Jesus, you can raise your hand. I see that hand. Thank you. If there's anybody else? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Lord, we thank you for the hand raised, God. And everybody else with their eyes closed, I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to ask you to be bold. Like Evan Roberts said to those people, who wants to give their 100%? Who wants to give their all? Maybe you've been holding back a little bit. Maybe you've given God 50%, 80%. Like what Louise was saying earlier, we need to give him our all. If you would like to be bold enough to raise your hand and say, that's me, I want to give him my all, please do so right now. Thank you, Jesus. And with that, there has to come an action. There has to be follow through. It says the righteous are as bold as lions. You are righteous. You are created in his image. Thank you, God. And those people that raise their hands, or even if you didn't raise your hands to that, I'm going to ask you something. If you would like boldness, Please stand up.
But before you do, if you do want boldness, you really want boldness, that means you're going to have to step out. That means you're going to have to face your fears. If that's you, please stand up. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day. Bye.